0: All right. Happy Friday. We are back here again. I hope you've had a phenomenal week. We are kicking off another episode of Learning Tech Talks, where we are continually exploring the landscape of learning technology while cutting through the fluff and getting your questions answered. So this is a different setup today, and and we'll explain why here in a little bit. Um, But today I'm joined by Mark Reidman and Troy Sigali from Crane Morley, and we are going to be talking about and experiencing, not just talking, we're going to be experiencing augmented reality. So while we're getting started, if you're joining us live, go ahead, give us a thumbs up, share the post, tag in somebody who might find this conversation industry interesting while we get started. And while you're at it, comment in and let us know where you're joining from. So to my guests, where are you in the world today? And I'll let you choose who wants to go first.
1: Go ahead, Troy.
2: Uh, hey, I'm in uh, working from home I'm from my garage in Los Angeles. Okay, all
0: right. So I you're am... in LA Wait, in your garage. I figured it looks like a garage.
1: <laughs> Mark, I am uh, in Dad's office uh, in Long Beach, California.
0: Okay, all right. So you're both in California. I am joining from my usual spot here in Waukesha, Wisconsin, and um, yeah. So it is it is a lovely day. I think. Our weather here is probably similar to yours, maybe a little warmer. Um, But now, before we get started on this conversation, and then I'll explain why we're seeing teams in the stream, is if you could, right, here's your question. Hopefully you didn't forget what it was and you have your answer. But Mm -hmm. what is a piece of technology that you expected by now, 2020, would be mainstream and you go it's not and i'm i'm very surprised by that so let's reverse the order mark since you're on screen let's start with you
1: okay um i think because of all the science fiction movies out there flying cars by 2020 would have been okay. would have been prevalent everywhere flying around right but obviously we got a ways to go
0: okay okay so i gotta ask though when you say flying cars are you talking like with propellers or are you talking legit I- jetsons just
1: Yes. <laughs> no idea, right? I think that's why we don't have them is what would be what would be the force to keep something off the ground like that, that you wouldn't wake your neighbors up at two in the morning, at two in the morning. Work.
0: That's true, because <laughs> there are a handful of the actual like, you know, quadcopter type cars, but not mainstream. So technically still not mainstream. How about I, you, Troy? I,
2: uh, so I'm a gamer in VR. I'm shocked that we don't have that's not just a mainstream thing that people don't have VR systems in their homes. Like it's just one offs and there's no killer apps or games or anything yet like that. I'm shocked. That's not, everyone's not walking around with headsets on yet. Okay.
0: Okay. Literally walking around like all the time.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, probably, probably more like sitting in a room in the dark, but yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. All right. So flying cars, which actually, was potentially going to be one of mine. VR, I'm, I'm also aligned with that one. So I'm going to pivot and I'm not going to go with one of those two. The one that continues to kind of surprise me is how slow electric vehicles. Now, granted, it's, it's accelerating, but I still think we're a ways from truly mainstream, pretty much everybody having that. And I get, right, the infrastructure behind electric charging stations, batteries had a ways to go, but I'm still surprised that With what they can do now, we aren't seeing more of them uh, in 2020.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: All right. So let's get into this. Let's get into the conversation here, augmented reality. And I'm going to kick it off by saying, let's actually define this stuff because there's a lot of realities and acronyms being thrown around. And we, we talked about this briefly, but let's actually dig into it. So we've got AR, VR, MR. XR, right? We've got the we've got the ballistics of them. So how would you define those four?
2: So it's it's easier, like I wanna kinda answer this the second time when I actually have it up on my on the screen, but okay. so uh we, we kind of look at it like a spectrum, which I think is a really easy way to understand it. So AR and a leaf blower's approach to my of house. Of course it so is. Of course <laughs> it is. Mark might have to pick up pick up the change um ar let's say is on the far left uh where you know google glasses was an example where you're still seeing everything in your reality but there's like some stuff layered on top right so you have some more data um coming in uh and then vr is the full other side of the spectrum where you go in and you don't have any reality at all you have a headset on you can't hear the real world. You can't see the real, real real world. You don't see your room anymore. You're gone, right? You're completely in Tron now. And you're, you're in, in, the- in Tron. Okay, got it. You're in Tron. <laughs> so, so to me, those are the two spectrums where if you can still see your reality, it's probably AR. And if you can't, it's probably VR. And then um, the newer term is MR, which is kind of trying to meet the two in the middle where you're – getting some of the high definition like elaborate graphics from VR and you're still getting kind of um, that level of immersion but you're still able to see the real world and that's that's why it's mixed and yeah, i think and it's the, also
1: the the spatial awareness part of that mixed reality too
2: yeah that's the, what the, i was going like, to say right when i see about
0: exactly yeah, some of this mapping it's more aware of the reality versus right. just throwing something you know wherever it happens to be okay right
2: yeah, that's a really good. That's a really good point. Yeah, because it's not just a sticker floating in my upper right. It's actually tied to an object in the room.
1: Locking the uh, piece. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and then XR uh, is just a catch-all term. That's how we see it. So, you you would never create
1: an XR, an XR solution. XR app. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Okay. You create a, a VR, AR solution that is an XR solution, I guess.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, when we were talking about this before, the way we frame this up is a term that people probably could relate the XR to is, you know, you'll see terms in business like CXO, right? Okay, well, we're not necessarily naming a senior officer of an organization. We're just kind of categorizing, hey, this is some degree of a category. So that would be the XR. And the mixed reality one, I think, is an important differentiation because I've seen that evolve quite a bit over the years in terms of the awareness, even the dynamic lighting sometimes of some of this stuff where depending on where you place an object, because of its awareness of what's going on, it actually is changing kind of what you're seeing.
1: Yep. The lighting, the reflections, everything, the model, a virtual model can pick up from the real world's atmosphere, it's, it's amazing
0: okay so let's so let's dive into some of this stuff a little bit because it's come a long ways, and there's a the part we were talking about before is there's there's both a hardware. And a software component of it. So let's let's start with maybe some of the use cases, starting out with one of the basics, right? We're, we're talking about Microsoft's HoloLens and, and what that looks like. And I don't necessarily know that we have to jump into showing it, which actually I forgot to mention this. For those of you watching, you might be like, why on earth is he showing Microsoft Teams and, and over on the side? The reason that I'm doing that, just so that you have some, some awareness to this, is the plan is to actually show the Microsoft HoloLens and augmented reality in action so that instead of just hearing us talk about it, you'll get a chance to see it. But before we get into that, let's actually talk about kind of one of the fundamental use cases that you you brought up, uh, Troy, on this, which was remote assistance. And w- first of all, what is that? And then let's talk about like, why has that suddenly exploded in terms of importance?
2: Um, so at this point, I think it actually would be make sense for me just to put it on and in- Kick into kick into gear already, just because that would make it easier to explain. Let's do it. then. Um, but before I do that, let me just show the headset. So while I'm still on webcam, because once I'm wearing it, you can't. You,
0: know, <laughs> you do look pretty awesome it. <laughs> with it, though. By the way, now that's the Hololens two, though, right?
2: Correct. Yeah. Clarifying. Yeah. yeah. The the leap from the Hololens one to the two was significant. I was going to say
0: it doesn't um, even look it's... at all like the Hololens one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So this and is we HoloLens... started. We started with it. We started back in 2016 with the Hololens one. And about a year later, became a Microsoft partner with them. And so once the two came out, I think it was 2018 or so, it was just a game changer. I mean, the hand articulation, all the different things that you can do with this device is, is amazing.
0: Okay, And we'll talk a little bit about that, because one of the things we talked about was kind of the, in the, the barriers that the hardware have created for this kind of stuff becoming mainstream. Yeah. Um, so we'll dig into that. But we'll, let's get back to this, Troy, and, and let us see what you got there.
2: Okay, so really quick, let me just put it on my head and I'll show you um, what it looks like. And then I'll, I need to, the reason we're on Teams again is so that I can tap in with this. So I'm going to show it to you and then I'll hang up from the call from my webcam and computer and then hop in from the HoloLens. Okay. But um, really quick, just basically, uh, it goes on your head. I'm I'm wearing it on top of a headset, but.
0: (laughs) It's not designed um, for that, really. (laughs)
2: There we go. Um. So it's it's really lightweight, it weighs about a pound. It's not really interfering. And you could also do this, which is nice. So even though this, in my opinion, doesn't really interfere if you, you could still kind of flip it up you
1: if can't you're trying
0: flip
2: to it
1: up. it's like, just, like a yeah, futuristic set of
0: sunglasses yeah. right there.
1: <laughs> and you could put safety glasses under it. You could put your protection like Troy's got over there. So if you're in the in the you know in the work, you could uh, you could protect yourself and still be able to have this tool.
2: Okay. Yeah, that's that's a big one, is you can <clears> your glasses. If you wear glasses, you keep your glasses on. Um, they even have versions of this that are baked into a hard hat. So it's it's really not this big, cumbersome thing that just blocks everything. Which I uh, remember.
0: So I played around with the HoloLens 1, uh, the original HoloLens. And I, to me, that was right. It was kind of a, the thing was pretty, pretty heavy, pretty clunky um you know it rested on your nose it it got uncomfortable pretty quick and it looks like that's really dramatically changed i see that i see the battery pack in the back too to help (laughs) counterbalance kind of that weight that pulling forward on your neck too
2: yeah it's pretty nice so let me uh just because this takes a second let me hang up and come back in and Try not to say anything bad about me while I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, while
0: he's while he's rebooting. So, Mark, sure. you know, on the let's talk about some of these big game changer things that happened between Hololens One and Hololens Two. That I mean, you said obviously Hololens Two came out and you went, "Whoa, this is significantly different."
1: Yeah. Not only with the hardware, right? So the 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 Hololens Two can pick up your hands. Okay. So it does have hand
0: tracking. It actually sees your hand. Tra- fingers. Hand.
1: Yep. Hand tracking. Um. Obviously it's it's weighted differently, so it's more comfortable, it's lighter. Um, but the software side of things, I don't know if we want to go into that, but we the can, software yeah. side of things that 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 came about, uh, the capabilities of that. So we we actually teamed up with um, the uh, Microsoft Dynamics 365 guides and remote assist teams early on, and we're able to adapt some of the software and and play with it and get an idea of how they could be used, you know, for for learning solutions or a tool for. Uh, delivering uh, some kind of uh, you know, performance or learning okay. product for, for our customers, so it was it was pretty neat.
0: So both from a, the actual <clears throat> like, well, the other thing I'm curious about because I haven't actually worn one of the twos. The mm-hmm. one, the visuals on it were still right. You could kind of see, but it, it wasn't. I felt like it was right. still kind of hard to see the augmented reality component of things.
1: Yeah, yeah they call that the field of view, right? And okay. so the field of view was a little smaller on the one. It got bigger on the two and the whole goal eventually is to get it as far wide as you can, right? So you can be able to like, like, you're, like viewing here is this okay. is the goal to be able to do that. But there's still some clipping that happens when you watch it, right? If you if you have a virtual object that's there and I and I look a little bit to the left or right, it's going to kind of crop that object. Yeah. And that's that field of view.
0: Well and even from what I'm looking at right here, the other thing with it too was I felt like with the one when you looked at the objects that were the digital I don't know, whatever you want to call them. The Polygrams digital objects. Yeah, the yeah. holograms were not super clear. Like I'm looking at it now, I'm like, that is that is vastly different than what I experienced with the one.
1: I think it went from 720 P to ten eighty P too, right there. So there's your HD resolution. Okay. Which really helped. Yep. And that was the same thing with the camera that's on it, the video camera that's on it. So everything got a little bit crisper.
0: Okay. All right. So Troy, you're back with us now. Obviously we're sitting here talking about what you're doing and you're throwing your team's window around like a Frisbee. (laughs) (laughs) So, so let's talk about this remote assistance or kind of what we're seeing in front of us.
2: Okay. So a few things going on. uh, So let me try to slowly creep in and go deeper. But the other question I have
0: before you do this is as you're talking to me now, does does the HoloLens 2 actually have the mic and and sound built right into it so you don't have to have your headset?
2: Correct, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I – yeah, my headset – So you're totally hands-free right now. Yeah, Yeah. my headset's back at my desk. And, yeah, I'm glad you said hands-free because, to me, that's, like, the big one I want to point out about the hardware is, in my opinion, everything I've seen up until now, the hardware itself is just too encumbering to, like, really get anything done. Whereas this is the first time where like, and I think that's one of the main designs with the Hall is, so here's my, my two hands. I could really have a tool in each hand um, and I can be working while talking to you guys. And I'm not, it really it really doesn't affect what I'm doing. Um, like okay. I'm not really like, yeah, I'm wearing the hall lens, but it's not bothering me. It's not too heavy or anything. Um, I don't have controllers. So that's a huge just benefit of it. Um, and yeah so right now i'm using the remote assist app which basically there's a camera on the ends, and you guys are able to see out the camera so you can see mm-hmm. it on my eyes um and then the way i communicate back to you is i have my team's interface which is what you guys have and it's basically my computer screen but it's floating in space so this is like a <laughs> a hologram that i can just kind of reach out and grab and that's another big one that um i feel really brought this technology into a usability, uh, like a practical usability now is I don't have to do some weird gesture. I don't have to, do I was going to some... ask,
0: cause I remember with the Hololens lens one, oh, yeah, it was a little yeah. tough. You'd be like, I'm trying to do this thing and it's not quite responding or reacting. You had to remember all your hand gestures.
2: Right. So yeah, this is, this is, this just works. So if there's a hologram, you just reach out and grab it like it's physically there and that's it. Uh, so it's really intuitive i don't have to memorize anything the only gesture is if i'm far away i can do like a pinch to grab things okay like bring them closer and push them away that's really the only gesture so i'm not trying to do some motion with my arms and it's not registering and i can also use voice commands and those work pretty well also
0: so while it's and this is a question coming up uh in the chat here i'm guessing this is Kareem. so let's let's see what we've got here but is okay so it's significantly better than where it was but are there still do you see any kind of accessibility challenges like are there still barriers where you know obviously your your hands are working fine i mean are there any things that you still see as barriers for potential users
1: um i mean one thing one thing one thing is um it does have voice command Okay. So let's say you couldn't use the function of your hands or things like that. You still could do a lot of these uh, applications with voice commands. So it recognizes that depends on the application, of course, but the hardware has the capability of doing that. Okay. That's
0: extremely helpful. So again, you'd you'd have to have the kind of bend in there of the, you know, you'd have to have the app set up to do that. But for a specific use case, if you knew somebody didn't have the use of their hands or, you know, we're going to be doing something where they didn't, you could actually have the app just go strictly by voice.
1: Yep. Yep. Absolutely.
0: And that was boss, not, not Corrine. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: All right. Anyway, sorry to interrupt you, Troy. It's okay. Uh, yeah, restrictions to me, the only one is internet, right? So that's a big one that we encounter where, but that obviously like, you know, how am I going to call you without, like, I have to call you somehow. So that's just something that we encounter a lot is people want to take this into a a confined space or a vault and there's no signal. So how do you kind of overcome that? Um, and, Practically, I don't really know what the magical solution would be besides a wire or a hotspot or something. Um, that's really the only barrier I see at the moment. Like like I said, the gestures work now. Voice command works. Um, it's not
1: annoying to wear on my
2: head. Battery life is there, so it really has all the basics kind of I mean, what, and
1: working. What's great is the Microsoft product teams for, for remote assistant guides, which we'll see later, is they're listening. They're listening to the customers and so they're saying, hey, we need an offline mode. We need some way for. Uh, Troy to be doing what he's doing right now but do it offline or or is it take a snapshot of it and annotate it and then send that send that to your expert back at HQ you know when when you have an internet connection that kind of thing so that's a cool thing is they're completely adapting to their customers and they're listening okay which is is awesome
0: well which makes sense right I mean I think the the offline mode is definitely a use case that will will come up but again when you think about it yeah I think more and more we're seeing less I mean, everything's connected, but there are certain situations where I can see where it's like you you just can't get a connection. I think in the medical field, right, there are certain yep. places you just can't have that operating. But again, um, I know some of the folks over at Microsoft and it's been a similar experience where they're adapting to what the use cases and actual needs are.
1: Yep. Yep, exactly. So with this, um,
0: right, so this hands free, we were talking about the remote assistant. Sorry, we got a little bit distracted here. <laughs> but right. So this is this is. The basics of it, I think if I remember right, Troy, this isn't even you know the the highest level of what you can do. This is just fundamental stuff, correct? Yeah,
2: yeah. right now we're just kind of starting out. So the the whole design here with this, and so this is one application for the HoloLens, um, but the HoloLens on its own can kind of do a lot. So I can take pictures, I can record a video, and again, voice commands can trigger that. So I could even just be working in the field with the HoloLens on. And I could be like, oh, this is interesting. I need to show this to my boss later and just say, take a picture and he'll just take a picture of whatever I'm looking at. Or I could just say, start recording and I can walk around and start looking at stuff. And, and then they'll store that either to the cloud or to the HoloLens. So the HoloLens can just do that on its own. It's a you know, decent sized computer on my head. Um, but right now we're using the Remote Assist app and the design here is I either am new and i don't know what i'm doing and i need some support and so i call you guys to help me or maybe i'm just encountered something that i that's rare right so it could be i'm even a veteran in the field but hey i'm getting this error i've troubleshooted uh, i've kind of gone through all of my diagnostics and i can't figure it out or hey i've never seen one of these before what's going on here and then i can call an engineer or i can call someone back at the base or an, and we can have a, a lot of people on this call and then it still work. so we can have like 20 people you could actually
0: bring a team of let's say experts in to say hey we've got troy on site we're running into this issue we can't seem to figure it out let's let's beam in you know christopher to see if he can help
2: exactly so yeah and again that's the big thing of the hands-free where it seems simple but it's actually that's really the game changer to me of what makes this practical and usable now um and not just some cool looking future technology is that yeah, you could do this obviously with a phone, but the whole idea is I'm working, I'm like upside down, I'm on my hands and knees working on some machine and equipment, and I can have a tool in each hand, you guys can be talking to me, I could ignore you, and I could just keep working, and I can kind of get what I need to do, whereas if this is an iPad or a phone, um, I need to hold it up, put it down, or have a second person with me, this is just, uh-oh, I've encountered an issue, grab the HoloLens, make a call, and then I keep working, but now I've got all this support here, and it's not just a video call either, I can also um We can pass files back and forth. So like Mark, if you don't mind sending me a PDF just to show what that looks like. Yeah. Um, So like it could even just be that, like I just need a diagram or I need to see something. You can share your screen. You can send me a website link because I have internet access. Um, Or you can pass me a file as he's about to show. And then um, another really cool thing is that you can actually uh, annotate. This may or may not work for you, but you can try it. So if you look, on me so this is something he sent sent
1: that's the yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's pdf i just sent to a from my desktop or it could be from OneDrive, wherever wherever you're storing your your...
0: did you have to do anything to open that i'm just curious or did just the sheer act of it it just just
1: popped open okay it just popped up and so
2: pop-ups can be more evasive than ever before now with
0: (laughs) you could really annoy (laughs) the snot out of people sending sending internet memes
2: (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and this is so again, same thing, I just reach out and grab it, um, and I could shrink this or grow it. Um, and then, I don't know, um, depending on your bandwidth, this may be blurry, but for me, it's crystal No, it's crystal actually crystal clear.
0: clear. I can see it yeah, okay. clear yeah, as day. Clear.
2: And this is an actual document, too. So if this is a 100-page document, I could scroll through every page and, and look through it. So... That's just really cool is I can have this like floating, you know, Iron Man-esque kind of workspace here <laughs> with all of my, I could have videos playing. I could have stuff up and I could be working. You can multitask like
0: a, while you're working.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I could have a dashboard here. I could have Facebook here. I could be doing it all. <laughs> um,
0: Watching Netflix while you're working yeah. on the
2: engine. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And then um, another thing I want to show is, Again, the whole design with remote assist primarily is that I'm getting supported by you guys. So, um, Mark, I don't know that um, I would
0: call what we're doing right now supporting you, but I get what you're yeah. getting. <laughs> it's emotional
1: support.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> emotional um, support. Yes, it's therapy.
2: <laughs> so, like, yeah, there you go. So, Mark just put an arrow. I don't know if you see that.
0: Yeah. So, Mark did um, that. Yeah. Yeah. I have so, on
1: my on my team side. I have a control bar across the top. That I can actually use to annotate on Troy's screen in his real environment. So that's not just an image of an arrow; that's actually a holographic, three-dimensional arrow that is sitting in that one spot as he walks around. It will now is that natively built into Teams? That is built into the remote assist, the remote assist
0: capability. Okay,
1: yeah, they did add that little uh, nav bar or toolbar to Teams to work together. Yeah,
0: okay. So that yeah, way so that, you can be sitting there trying up. to, I'm, I'm just thinking this is real time performance support, like in yep. action, like, Hey, Hey, Troy, right over here. Yeah. <laughs> so I think boss said he can watch learning tech talks and watch his kids at the same time. Right. So, so essentially, right. You're, you're able to say, Hey, no, I, I get, this is what maybe the guide is telling you, but this is actually look right here Yep. at, at what I'm trying to get it, your attention on.
1: Correct.
2: Yeah. So again, imagine like a loud environment, this could just get, it could just be, I need to, I can't differentiate what's going on. I need some support. Even this document, you can mark up this document uh, using that same kind of method. Okay. Um, I already deleted the document, but. <laughs> and then um, <laughs> you can also type and chat too. So I have like full on as if I have a, a computer. So here's the keyboard in case um, I can't. If I'm in a loud environment, I can't hear Is there
0: an AR Mavis reaction. beacon that teaches you how to type super fast in this environment?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but 10, you can't dictate. 10, he 10, can hit that microphone icon there and actually Okay, there you go. Hey, now we're talking
0: accessibility.
2: Yep. Yes, okay. I just typed hello. Uh, it goes into the chat. So that's like another way um, that we can kind of communicate to is if that's an issue. Okay. Um, and this so is this all is just cool. the
0: remote assistance com- capability.
2: Correct. Yeah. Yeah, right now we're in the remote assist app. Now, I um, have to
0: imagine this remote assist stuff with, I mean, we not that we want this to turn into a COVID episode, but I have to imagine right now that has exploded in terms of use cases.
2: Absolutely. Yes. Times a thousand. Yeah. This is <laughs> like, and, and that's actually like, um, you know, it's, it's uh, a lot of inventions kind of come out of tragedies and, you know, like a lot of. Uh, technological advances came out of World War II, right? And because there's like, and I I think this is an example where there's a lot of creativity of how do we work remotely now because we can't come together. And, you know, so Zoom, Teams, all these uh, face-to-face meeting apps have started to explode, but that's still just talking at each other, whereas um, now not only do I get support while being remote, but We've also seen where we have instructors using this. Okay. So we work a lot with um, utilities um, like the gas company and stuff, and and their instructors normally bring out their students when they're training, and they bring them out to the field, or they bring them out to like a a, a prop or something, and that's how they show them how to how to assemble the device. Okay. And that's how they and they, it, to them hands-on is everything. Like yeah, there's classroom training, but it's not the same as actually working
0: repairs. on the actual product.
2: Right. right. So how do you get hands-on if you can't get together, right? So this is something that they've been using to try to teach remotely where the instructor puts it on. Uh, this is basically my classroom now. So you're my student. This is my other student. And that's how they teach now is they, they go up to the device and they show how to, how to assemble it. They're, they're asking questions to their students. They have them draw in the right spot or, you know, annotate and kind of work together that way. So to me, that could also be, like, an advanced kind of classroom. And and again, a big thing about all of this is um, I, I've been in the industry for about eight years or so. And this is really the first time where a new thing happened that is actually there, right? So, like, okay. this is the first time that the buzzword or the cool technology isn't just cool technology. A trend or a, a fad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're, we're actually using this now. It, it works uh, out of the box, you know, like, there's it like you mentioned with like you know previous iterations like the gestures were kind of weird it didn't really it wasn't practical this is working now we're building stuff for it companies are using it it's 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 now and and especially the remote assist and the covet thing like i just put this on my head i i uh remote assist is installed i call you guys and I'm, i'm working
1: like there's not
2: There's nothing
1: else to do. Yeah, instead of getting stuck in that kind of thing, right? It's now just being like, hey, we can just start using this tomorrow in the field. Let's just scale this up.
0: Okay. So a couple follow-up questions that have come through on the chat. One of the questions um, that came through when you had the document up, uh, you know, you said that was a PDF that came through. One of the questions was you can 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 you zoom into the document? I think the answer is cr- yes, right? because you can interact with it just like you would and well, you can either you yeah. can either bring it closer to you by pulling it in or I saw the little mission controls at the top where you could actually tap the plus to zoom into a certain component.
2: correct? so um, i don't I don't think I can actually zoom in. I, I basically treat it like a piece of paper so I can I can walk up to it closer, but I can actually make it bigger. So I can make it so it's the size of my wall, or I could shrink it down to where it's this big. But yeah, these aren't binoculars in that I can't zoom in and zoom out. I just walk up to it.
0: Right. So not zoom in, zoom out in the the sense that you would necessarily think. I just thought up at the top there was, oh, maybe not. No, you're just going back and forth page to page.
2: But you zoom in in
0: by going closer to it (laughs) (laughs)
2: like
0: you would in real life when, you know, you're getting older and your eyes aren't working as well. And you're like, you know what, I need to take a closer look. Let me pull this thing up to my face. Yeah. Okay.
2: As weird watching you just like. Yeah. So it's basically, it's basically like a piece of paper or something is how you want to look at it.
0: Okay. So from an accessibility standpoint though, I mean, I'm just thinking some of these things, it actually is dramatically increasing accessibility for people because going back to your point of what's going on with COVID where, you know, you can't necessarily bring somebody in or things like that. But even on top of that, even in a post COVID world, it's getting people to places Takes time, resources. I mean, it, it's a it's a massive lift where this that need is kind of dramatically dwindling.
2: Yeah. So even yeah, even pre COVID, one of our clients that's in the medical field they do like um, radiation treatment uh, machines. If a machine went down, they would literally just fly someone out from another country to that device, like an engineer to go fix it. So yeah, that's they have to get on a plane, they have to fly out to that location. Like who knows how long that takes, and you know the money for that. Plus, it takes a long time. So during that travel time, the machine's down. Um, That's money. And even just yeah, yeah, and even just convenience. We have we have a client that they're just happy that they're on call twenty four seven. They're happy that they don't have to get out of bed at two a.m. now and run down to the lab. But they could just put the hololens on. Okay. Or actually, no, they just they just go to. The <laughs> they don't even have to happen. put the hololens
0: on. They just, yeah, sit, they at just computer, sit at their teams. computer, look at Teams. Yeah. The person on the uh, sh- on the shop floor throws the hololens on
2: yeah exactly and and then just just help i mean i um i have or i used to have a honda s2000 which is like a sports car and it was kind of rare <laughs> yeah and even when i even when i went to a honda dealership the techs there like had never seen one before or they don't know how to work on <laughs> it and i guess the protocol for how to fix it if you don't know what to do is to call a hotline so they would literally just call a 1-800 number and they're trying to walk them through it but like so i'm in my garage which is just, Makes this look convenient. I have my engine up here. So again, like imagine if I'm a tech and I'm looking at an engine, I don't know what to do. Um, I could literally just put the haul ends on, call someone, and they're like, "Okay, see that over there? Go, go, start, like pop that open." Um, so it's just instantaneous. Yes, yeah, so you look at that. So okay, it's just a really quick way to. You, you know, need to change
0: process. your battery, Troy. I think that's the problem.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, but so on this, a, I
0: mean, one of the terms we said, we, we we mentioned this before we went live, right? Everybody's talking about flow of work learning. And to me, this is this is flow of work learning two where it's just this is work. I mean, it's not yeah. you're just doing your job. You're you're actually working and just getting the support you need along the way.
1: With live support, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: So one question that Vinod asked, um, that I'm curious about is, you know. We, we're we talking about just the very basics of this, right? The, the fundamentals, which is I'm sitting here in Waukesha, Wisconsin. I'm staring at Troy's you know, table set up here in California. And while well, I have no idea what he's working on, let's pretend I do. I can kind of help guide him through whatever this is. But that's just in many ways the beginning. So Vinod's question was, are you seeing use cases start to go where you know, the, people are combining this technology with AI for the visual recognition. So instead of somebody even having to know what they're looking at, kind of it's automatically detecting like, hey, this is a this is a this and this is what needs to happen.
2: That's a really good question. And that actually could segue us into the next. As to say, that's a perfect segue. <laughs> I, yeah.
0: I kind of suspected. So thank you, <laughs> Vinod. And, and that way it, it brings us into that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so before I leave, so right now, just to clarify again, there's the HoloLens, which is the headset.
0: Yep, that's the hardware. That's the actual thing that if those of you who are tuning in now didn't see Rewind when this is over, pretty slick little bad pair of sunglasses. Good, like in a good way. Bad as in cool. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So there's the HoloLens 2, which is, like I said, it, it just works now. It's there. Um, Like I mentioned how I don't think VR is doesn't seem to be there yet where it's almost there. Like I feel like this product is there. Okay. Um, And this is a app on it, which is remote assist, which just lets me call people. Yep. They see out my eyes and we can conference. And, you know, we, we get a couple of use cases, um, but it's just so easy. Another use case is just I can walk around the site and look around and interact with people. And, you know, the other advantage
0: I'm thinking with this is, Troy, right? The big problem everybody has in all these virtual meetings where they're so distracted watching what they're doing and their camera, they're not paying attention. Now you don't have that because all you're seeing is just what's in front of you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, That's correct. OK. Um, but yeah, so like, again. I really think this is like the, the future because old school is you bring 20 people on site. They all have to walk around. They're all wearing hard hats. This way, just one person can be that kind of avatar. From a safety
0: standpoint, to I think the safety implications are massive. Instead of exposing potentially multiple people, you can have exactly. one person kind of take the reins. Yeah. Uh, okay. So 2.0 now, because this is fundamentals of, yeah. of kind of this real-time support.
2: So now I'm going to open the second application which is called guides okay um and guides so we just to me remote assist is more collaboration um but now I'm going to open up guides this is while this can be used for collaboration to me the immediate um the immediate use case is more for solo um okay. so let me let me Give this just a second to pop it. And, ke- open, and but... keep in
1: mind we're still we're still on that remote assist call, right? We lost the interface. That's okay. okay. But we still now are in a different, completely different app on the HoloLens, and we're able to still see what he's seeing. Okay. So this is huge. So, so even though the
0: can... interface is gone, we're still, I mean, well, obviously, we're sitting here talking to Troy. He's hearing us, we're interacting exactly. with each other.
1: Exactly. And this is why this is huge, because using the apps together is a whole other dynamic. Okay.
2: Yeah. So that's another thing too. Is I could be working on something else, and you could just kind of peer in and see what I'm doing. So I'm now I've now opened guides. So what guides is is this is a more self-paced, step by step, you know, floating IKEA manual or something. Is I don't know how you want to look at it. <laughs> IKEA manual. Um, <laughs> so I can
0: get this for my kids and their Legos, right? Yeah.
2: Exactly. Exactly. So kind of similar to what we just saw. I have a floating window here. Uh, But this time, instead of it being, uh, you know, you two's pretty faces, it's um, it's my (laughs) my instructions on how to assemble this this item here. So you can see it says step one, pick up the feed pump cover. This is kind of hard to see. uh, But no, I can see it. Yeah, there's like a little like
0: dotted line trail. Yeah. They call it tethered. Yep.
2: Yes. That that can point to anywhere in the room. Um, And And that's not that's
0: not. Um, Mark doing that, that's the app itself, just kind of knowing that that's right there and then saying, Hey, this is the thing.
2: Correct. Yeah. So guides is using spatial awareness to know where all the parts are and know what, know where to place holograms. Um, and then I have my image here, so I also can just see, okay, that, I mean, this is obviously a a sample guide. Like this is, I don't think I would need this much assistance.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If you did, maybe you shouldn't be a tech on this thing. (laughs) Um,
2: yeah. But I, I just wanna we, we use this just because it's such a it's simple, so it allows you to kind of see what's happening. So so it points me to the part I need. It's like, okay, there it is. And again, this could be in a different room, even and I could just follow the dotted line all the way to the room. <laughs> um, and again, hands free. So I can either use voice commands to advance to my next step, or I can use what's called gaze. The Hall tracks my iris.
0: Okay, so it's, it's actually doing at. eye tracking.
2: Yeah. So it waits, I can look at this button and then it advances to the next step just from me looking at it. So I can just do it that way without even speaking if I don't want to. Um, And so my second step- Now that's specific
0: to the app though, right? That's that's built into some of the app. Okay. And this is where we're talking about the difference between the hardware and then the software, the apps that are connected to it. The capabilities may vary a little bit within the app.
1: Correct, right. yeah, Yeah, the hardware has got the capability of doing it. Now it's up to the app developer to use that. That capability into their app. Okay. Yep.
2: Um, So again, the whole idea here is I have, I have this in front of me. Granted, I could probably do this with another person helping me, or I could have like a paper guide, um, like a guide, like a workbook. But the whole idea now is I don't have to reference a workbook. I don't need to watch a video or anything. I could just have tools in my hands. I'm working, and this is showing me step by step what to do next. Um, and there's a little
0: hologram different. of a pseudo version of little yes. object A right there too.
2: Yeah. So my next step right now is, and it's I just need to put this here. It's really obvious, right? So this is what I mean by IKEA, where we could even not even use language and not even have text there. We could just have an image, and we can have a hologram of what the next component is. Okay. Right. And I could just follow follow the the holograms to, until this is completed.
1: And keep in mind, it's locked in in real space there, right? So as he walks around that hologram, it's it's not going to move. It knows exactly where it should be, where it should stay.
0: Okay. Yep. So, yeah, it's not like you can get in the way. Right. And it's And I'm seeing the arrow there, too. So not only is it showing you, like, hey, part goes in this general area, but also then you lower it down onto the device. And there's an
1: animation. And there's well. an animation. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So it's like a... This is a job aid on lots of steroids. Oh,
2: yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the idea here, um, and again, there's lots of different use cases, but the intention here is that we make this so straightforward and simple that somebody without any prior experience or knowledge can just kind of literally come off the streets, put the ends on and just complete this entire task. And we've tested that. So we have people in the office like this. Again, this is a simpler yeah. piece of equipment, but we've had pretty we have a really elaborate one back at the office. And we have people come in from come in that don't know the equipment, don't know the tools, have no knowledge of the industry. And they could build the whole thing from A to B perfectly without error in like 40 minutes. And and that actually uh, supposedly
1: beats whatever their current training is doing it the old school way. Um, and it's done and, exactly the same way every time and it's, and it's, air you know, free. it's
0: consistent. Well, the other yeah. thing too, Vinod brought this up uh, and I think this is a, you know, potentially even consumer grade as this hardware becomes more available to the consumer mm-hmm. spaces. Right. I mean, I'm even thinking to your Ikea example, you buy an Ikea dresser. We've all struggled through trying to assemble one yes. of those things. If you have one of these and Ikea has an app for how to, you know, put together their thing rather than trying to stumble through their instructions, you'd be able to just pull up the, you know, piece of furniture you bought and actually just be walked right through, hey, here's what you do, here's the exact steps.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. And from and a liability
0: ob- standpoint, you're preventing any issue with something happens, how do we know whether it was user error or, you know, things like that?
2: Yes, exactly. And you mentioned um object recognition. So, that's there, this is like in its infancy, like this okay. is pretty hot off the press. And there's a lot of stuff cooking in the background. Um, like some examples are object recognition is one where to your point, how does it know? I just did it. So if I put this on, um,
0: the wrong one, let's say you pick it. up the wrong yeah. one.
2: Yeah. So if I put it on the wrong way or I put on the wrong one, how does it know that? Cause yeah, I'm, I'm just choosing to advance to the next steps. So I could just advance through all the steps. I think I did it right and I turned it on and it explodes. Um, which is
0: real stuff. I actually was watching the documentary last night on a a, a repair that was done to a 747 and they put the wrong part on. And because of that, it was two millimeters off. And because of the vibrations, it actually cut the fuel line and the plane went down over something that small. But this potentially would have the, the ability to see, no, that's the wrong part. It looks very similar, but it's not the right one. Do not put that there.
2: Exactly. Um, And again, it can't do that at the moment, but there's lots of stuff cooking. Cooking. Um, Another thing it's it's doing, um, this one's going to come out pretty soon, is uh, it can tell if I've occupied a space. So right now, again, it doesn't know what I'm doing or what I'm not doing. But uh, another feature that's about to come out is it'll wait for me to put my hand over here before it advances. It'll wait for me to kind of go over here to this screw before it advances. So then, they can kind of confirm that I actually am indeed tightening these nuts and occupying this space.
0: Okay. So, so another question that came up um, because I'm 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 looking at this and and boss kind of took the words out of my mouth. You know, so there's there's a lot of data being streamed right now, right? It it knows mm-hmm. what you're doing. You're doing all this, which for many cases that's pretty low risk, but in some cases that could be extremely high risk in terms of you know the data that's being out there for compliance, regulatory things like that. Is that data can that be then encrypted so that there's little risk that somebody could potentially hack or tap into this and actually gain access to IP or things like that that you wouldn't want getting out?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is utilizing um, Microsoft's ecosystem, right? Which okay. is super secure, right? I mean, they work with the military, they work with everything that have to have a, a good strong encryption, and 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 it's encrypted all this data, whether it be the video stream or files being sent. It's all encrypted and it's all localized in that one environment for that organization. Okay. And and you you brought up data, which is which is interesting. It's not only data encryption and going in and out. It's also we for this particular application, it's picking up how long he did each task, how long he did each. Step. I
0: was just going to ask about that, and again yeah. from a learning and development standpoint, exactly. meaningful data on how well does Troy know how to do this. How confident are we in his ability to go through this? It's capturing that data and being able to say, you know, this is, this is how skilled, I guess I'm going back to the whole skill standpoint. We actually have better visibility into Troy's skills with this versus just, yeah, he did it. We but we don't really know what that was like.
1: Right, I mean, being a Microsoft application, right? They're big on the cloud. They want this to be a cloud application and, and gather that data. And then you get visibility into that data and maybe through a Power BI or some other kind of system that you want to integrate with it. And you pull that down and yeah, you can determine, hey, maybe uh, our, our you know, onboarding uh, uh, new employee is getting stuck on this particular step. Maybe we need to uh, investigate our process a little bit. Maybe we need to tweak that step and make it a little easier or harder, whatever you might want to do. So yeah, having that data is huge.
0: Okay. Um the other thing I was going to ask because this is one of the things that comes up I think a lot with with these new immersive texts is it can feel a little bit, bit like if you're if you're in the l and d space right, oh no, like what's my role? but to me, I'm looking at this, and I think it's not so much eliminating the need for what we do in terms of hey, we need to break we need to break this process down, we need to understand what are the steps we need to understand how do we best articulate those steps to an end user now granted building something like this versus a traditional job aid the way you would develop that support is significantly different but your role is still just as critical is that a fair assessment
1: absolutely yeah 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 Yeah. i mean what we're looking at right now is what microsoft what they call the operator mode so he's the actual operator he's going through the steps that have already been authored but the other side of this is the authoring mode that's where it's basically as easy as putting a powerpoint together Okay. You just drag and drop and That's what in. I was
0: going to yeah. ask. So in terms yeah. of how you assemble this, do you have to be some expert in, you know, Python to know how to put together some remote assistance guide? No,
1: nope, no. Nope. There is actually an application on the PC, Windows 10 PC. You download that and like putting you add a task, you add a step, you put your step text in, you drag and drop your, your elements in there. Um, the only area where it can get a little complicated is if you don't have access to maybe a 3D model. Okay right, uh, or access to a CAD drawing of that particular equipment, then you might need to have maybe a developer help you, a 3D developer build that model and then be able to bring it in.
0: So, Um, well, and and as an example, I'm just thinking I've done some of this stuff in the past where, so on the basic scale, I'm looking up, Troy, if you look up at the, the guidance that you have there. So I'm looking at this, the basics An instructional designer could look at these steps and say, hey, let's get a video clip of somebody doing this. We're gonna put that in there. And we're going to put some guidance, maybe some images to kind of help people see what this is. That would be kind of level one, the, the basics that pretty much, you know, is pretty light on the tech from the from the way you've described it, Mark. Right. The more advanced would be, OK, we actually want to have a 3D model with guidance that has more awareness and is actually guiding somebody through this. That's where then you would partner up with with, say, your you know, tech team to actually bring that model in, um, make it more advanced. But the potential to do either is there
1: correct correct yep you nailed it okay
2: got it yeah and that's that is a big one is another thing that kind of puts this in the now and it's usable and it's practical versus oh that's cool right
0: yeah that's and really later neat but it,
2: yeah cuz yeah i can i can hand this to you and you can you could do this yourself if you can make a powerpoint you just pop it open you type it in drag and drop your images in send it over and i'm i'm done i mean we have it um again the only thing that gets complicated is the holograms and even those, if you're working with the supplier or the manufacturer, and they can give you the CAD drawings. Um, and then guides also actually comes with some default holograms, like these little arrows, uh, this range. Okay, so in. some
0: of that's built into the app natively.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so you, you get some basic ones to play with. So you can put numbers and arrows and, you know, hands and stuff like that. And then, yeah, if you get the CAD drawing or if you can get some simple models online, I mean, you can even kind of just do it on your own um but yeah to mark's point this is where it gets a little complicated because ideally you're showing the models and how they intersect and you have holograms on each step and that's where you need to kind of work with the modeler um but even still i just put the hall ends on i reach out and grab the hologram i'm like okay that should go here that should go here and it's as simple as that it's pretty easy to put together so too but there is there is a whole new layer of instructional design behind it too now though because this is like a new it's yeah, a new how, way of how do I build a
1: good guide, right? How do I build a great guide? Uh, not just take that existing process document and then shove it into here and make it work. No, this is a whole nother visual extreme that you might want to look into and Absolutely well and
0: I think you you also have to th- consider the fact I think this this drives us to have to be closer to the work. I mean this is a conversation yeah. I have pretty regularly Absolutely. because this is not something again the risk the inherent risk that you open up to this is <laughs> you build one of these guides wrong you're yep. potentially guiding somebody to do something wrong and now that's that Correct. risk is now falling back to hey your your guide actually is inaccurate. So the importance of making sure you're getting it right and that what you're doing is tied to the actual work is is critical.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So it's easy to build, uh, but to Mark's point, potentially trickier to build well. And to, uh, to Christopher's point, I need to really get my hands on the equipment. So this is the like this is our favorite type of training because it's hands-on i'm using the actual tools and equipment i'm not just watching a video of someone else do it so i don't need to this lets me skip a lot of steps right in that i don't have to sit in training for a week i don't have to um watch a bunch of videos first i can just go and start doing it maybe i can't go out and do it the next day in the field blind but i've got the muscle memory i'm yeah comfortable with the tools i'm getting i'm getting hands-on just so much quicker but to your point if I'm if I'm the one designing this I also need to get the actual equipment right? I can't do this You can't just guess need... from
0: the crystal palace yeah. and be like I you think this be is how a
2: matter
1: work. expert yeah. Right. Yeah, well so... and I
0: think that's right that's inherently a risk we see as a lot of these tools for you know stuff get easier and easier is it's easy to just kind of oversimplify and say great now anybody can create this stuff. Yes and we still need to have kind of the the careful attention to that can also open yourself up to, to some danger uh, if, if you're not careful with it. Um, one, one other question Boss asked, and I, and I think I can answer this and you can add some additional clarity, right? Is this more performance support or learning and development? My personal take is this would be a combination of both. You can really do both. You could truly support somebody while they're doing the work. And if you're trying to help create the right muscle memory, you're trying to do this, you could walk somebody through you know, and help them develop that um, in a way you know that they that they couldn't do without kind of traditional means
1: i agree i think it could be in a training center it could also be on the job right it's as simple as that uh, yep. yep
2: okay no, yeah, so we we've built ours usually for new people and again with the idea that they could bring in someone that's out of pizza hut or best buy and they could just put the hall ends on and they could put it together and we've successfully done that okay um but to your point too it's it's good in the field because There could be, you know, 20 uh, checks they have to do. It's easy to skip. Um, You mentioned, like, uh, someone putting the the plane together and they're off by two millimeters. You could put, um, like, in the field, they need to know a torque sequence sometimes where they need to to torque these in the right order to the right tightness. They need to have diagrams up. So it could even just be that it makes me, it helps me kind of reduce error in the manufacturing world it gives me the access to the data. So, oh, how do this equation again? Or how do? What's the order? The sequence again? It just I have it right in front of me if I need it. So um, two. So it could even just be that.
0: Yeah. So two because we're gonna. I I knew we we should have done like a three hour series on this one, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Two questions I want to get to to make sure I, I touch on this. The first one is. So, you know, especially as everybody's getting ready, if they haven't already to start sending their kids back to school, um, you know, doing some of this. Are, are you seeing applications? Obviously, what we're seeing here makes perfect sense in like a manufacturing application, things like that. Are you seeing any applications of this taking off in like the K-12 12 space?
2: Um, I think it would uh, increase engagement and immersion a lot. Okay. Uh, probably depends on what. Probably depends on what they're trying to learn. Um, obviously. Yeah, maybe like in um, a science
1: science class or something. There yeah, with, yeah.
0: Again, I think some of the barriers are not every parent has.
1: <laughs> right. Hololens think, two sitting at home,
0: being like, "All right, Johnny, go throw your Hololens on for yeah, school." But I again, think I think more, uh, we're getting we're, yeah. we'll we'll get there.
1: Yeah, I think it's more on the instructor, like uh, Troy's original point, with the instructor having the, the yeah, Hololens on. you The teacher, the te- I, the teacher you're right. Wear.
0: You're right. I guess I can see that. Where again, if if your teachers are doing that, um, they could actually walk through a science experiment or take kids, you know, through something yeah. in a more experiential way without having to have them all with.
1: And they could even see, they can even assess the kids. They can say, "Hey, I'm going to stop on this step, and Johnny, tell me uh, what comes next, or tell okay. me what you would do." Point this yeah. out. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, like we showed with
2: remote assist, you could put the arrows. Um, you could also draw. Um, I think I just drew a circle, but you could write. You can make numbers. So we could do that too. That's like an example.
0: Okay. Okay. So again, we're, we're still, I mean, in some regards, so, well, this actually gets to my next question because I'm looking at this and have been watching this space for a while. To me, I'm like, this should just be table stakes in many regards as you're, as you're working in this space and working with people on this, what are some of the inhibitors or what are some of the barriers? Is it awareness? Is it, you know hard like what are some of the things that prevent everybody from just saying we're in like we're going all in on this
2: one's well, one's really thing that's really interesting to me and i think this is something that's going to go away with time people are really hesitant to just put it on their head really uh, I, I don't know why but once they put it on their head it like they it connects like we had Whenever someone's in a room and we're explaining it to them and showing it to them, they're like, "Okay, I, I get it." And like some people can see, they're pretty good about being like, "Oh, this is this is legit. This is cool." But a lot of people, they'll be standoffish, and then as soon as they put on their head and they start doing it, like, "Oh my gosh, I just put it together. Like this works." Like that's and, when it really so almost having everything.
0: to experience it. There's like this almost barrier to like I can't quite fathom in my head, or it feels a little too weird. And then once they do it, it's like light bulb goes off.
1: Yeah, and that yes. also comes back to the, the not understanding the technology between, let's say, a VR and and and, and this type of uh, mixed reality, right? So they they fear, oh, I can't put that on my head. I got motion sickness. I'm I'm going to get ill if I okay. if I put this on. But no, 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 give it a shot. You're actually just seeing the real world. We're, we're just augmenting that real world with these with these holograms. So give it a shot. Once they put it on, oh, I get it. Okay. I see, I see the light
0: now. So well, and what's interesting, that topic actually came up, I don't remember, it was quite a few episodes. Mike Pino and I were talking about this was the fact that he had done a he had done an experiment with some VR stuff, and he found a similar thing with VR where people were hesitant because it was like I'm a little creeped out, I'm a little uncomfortable yeah. not being able to see what's around me. You know, people looking at me, I don't really know what they're doing. But augmented reality is not that because as we're seeing right here, you still see your whole world. You're not going into this weird immersive space it's just layering on top of it
2: correct yeah and that's why there's no motion sickness yeah i'm not i'm not getting spun around in a fake world and my body's trying to figure out what's happening the only motion sickness is for the
0: people watching is your head bobs around yeah
2: (laughs) 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 Yeah. sorry (laughs) but i mean we've
0: been doing it for an hour and i mean i'm fine so okay any other ones i mean is is it uh, cost wise, like let's just is is that sometimes mm-hmm. a barrier that people don't have the hardware? I mean, are there any other barriers other than okay, it's kind of weird putting something on my head?
1: I mean, cost-wise. Oh,
2: I mean go ahead, Troy. I was gonna say money is always a barrier no yeah, matter, what, yeah. the no is. matter so what the cost No matter what, yeah, I guess. But the cost isn't too bad. The, the cost is pretty good in my opinion. You can explain that, Mark.
1: Yeah, no, I was just gonna say I think if they treat the cost as more of like this is a special service tool for on the job, right? It's it'd be pennies then. It was it's not it's just it's just part of doing business. Um but and, and you know Microsoft is all about uh, subscriptions and things like that. so there's a cost there to keep things live. that's because you're working on a cloud application yeah and things. so there's a little bit of that, but I don't I don't see that being. I think it does awareness turn to be the big barrier? yeah, I think I think awareness is big. I think a lot of times when we get a we get a lead from Microsoft, it's it's hey, we want to see what this does because we've we've looked at the website, we're engaged, we've seen your videos now now actually show us show us what we're seeing right now and uh, and then, a lot of people just go. That's cool, and they get it, and that's when they just go off and show the other departments, right? Well, and I think that's again, why
0: we originally talked about this was the fact that you know people have heard this stuff, not everybody's seen or experienced it, and I, and I do think for some of these big immersive texts, you have to you have to see it and experience right. it to really understand it.
1: Yep, and, and you know, instead of just walking over and putting the HoloLens on your at your house right now, which we can't do, this is the next best thing is be able to okay. do it through here experience
0: it. Well, the other thing, going back to the cost point, I was talking with someone the other day about this with coaching, right? And in this different topic, but it's easy to just look at the cost. If you're not accounting for, you know, Garth brought this up, right? You look at field service. If you compare how much are you spending on travel costs for sending people, how much are you spending on airs, safety issues, things like that, because of mistakes that are happening, you start totaling those things up. I have to imagine the scales very quickly tip towards yeah, we're spending some money on this, but look at all the money we're not spending over here and all the risk we've taken out of the equation.
1: Exactly, exactly, yep.
0: Very cool. Any other, so, and and this is something that you are working with organizations to help, what, build, are you helping build some of these apps or what is the role you play in this?
2: Uh, we're kind of doing a lot. We're So we're a training company first. So we've been developing, you know, uh, instructor-led training and e-learning and all that jazz for the last, you know, 27 years um, that our company's been up and running. But yeah, right now we're helping companies, one, just become aware of this. So we okay. are working with Microsoft to help just, here's what it is, here's how it works. So we, we train people on just using the hall lenses, using guides, what goes into it, how to use remote assist effectively. So we we train other companies just to get up and running, but then we also help those companies to uh, implement it, uh, build out the guides, because very often um, I, I'd say that's actually the biggest barrier is it's still a mystery and it's they're scared to kind of move forward. Okay. And I don't know how it's going to work. So they'll they'll invest, they'll get a couple headsets, they'll get some licenses, but then it gets stuck in the point of uh, proof of concept. How do
0: we actually carry
2: this forward? Yeah. yeah. And that's where so you're that's there where... is kind
0: of the AR Sherpa.
2: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So Got we, it. We kind of come in and help make sure that the it goes beyond just this R and D, and we actually help them implement it. And okay. we help them either either build it out or get the scale it so it starts rolling down the hill. Yeah.
0: Okay. Got it. Well, I have to say this was this was fantastic. I mean, it was amazing to actually be able to stream and see all this in real time and continue to have the conversation. I think that even just further speaks to how non-invasive this type of stuff is for being able to do these different things. So, um, you know, Mark and Troy, this has been, that is so trippy (laughs) that that's it. Mapping (laughs) your environment, right? It's mapping
1: the environment. Yeah. It's constantly mapping. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, I appreciate the time. I appreciate you coming and showcasing what this is. Hopefully for everybody watching, you now have a much better idea and feel for when we say augmented reality and what the possibilities of this are, you have a much better sense of, what this looks like and how powerful it can be for not only learning and development, but just transforming workplace, workplace performance. So thanks for being here, guys. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Have a phenomenal rest of your Friday and a fantastic weekend.